Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Lombardi Line, hour two here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. We've got Pritch coming up in about 29 minutes. It is going to be the Pritch Bowl, of course, drafted by. Atlanta played for Denver, played for Seattle. So looking forward to Mike Pritchard joining us in studio. Uh, I want to tease. I teased Detroit hosting the Eagles. We'll get to that in a second. But Michael, quickly set you up on tonight's matchup. Monday Night Football, we close out week one, Denver at Seattle. So remember, this number open four. It's been bet up to seven. Feels like a crazy overreaction, but BetMGM's got a lopsided handle. They've got 86% of the bets and 92% of the handle on the Broncos. Um, it does feel like a tad of an, like I understand Seattle and the perceptions down on the Seahawks, but seven getting seven at home. That seems like a lot. No. Well, I think it is. And when you look at the teams that covered these big spreads, what do they have in common? Right. You know, what do they have in common? And, and Baltimore and Kansas city played their guys in the preseason. They played them a bunch and Denver haven't played their guys. I mean, they played some of their offensive linemen, but they've kind of been a work in progress. They kind of took the path, the Sean McVay path, right? And they didn't. So the cover a seven point spread is going to really rely. Whereas Seattle, even though they were not very good this summer, they, they played their guys this summer. They're trying to get into a groove. So I think, you know, to me, it, it looks ugly. It doesn't feel good. You hate doing it. But I think to me, either you play Seattle or you don't play. I really think that because you're dealing with a lot of unknown for Denver, you're dealing with the biggest unknown is will Russell Wilson become move around Russell Wilson. And I would urge you to read the ESPN article about how this divorce happened. And a lot of it was because of what they saw with Wilson over the last two years, his inability to run, his inability to want to run, his inability to be, you know, a, a loose play playground player that was so effective early in his career. Yeah, what we're learning, and by the way, the NFL schedule makers knew exactly what they were doing with this matchup on Monday Night Football. But what we're starting to realize as word starts to leak, it seems like a tumultuous ending to Russell Wilson's career up in Seattle. I don't know if it was all roses and butterflies on the way out. No, I, I think he was. I mean, I had heard all through my career that, you know, he he's he's a, how what do they say? How do they? He's a lot to manage. He's, you know, he's a pain in the he's ass a lot. No, I never got there, but it was, you know, it was like, you know, it's not easy. Like, it's not all what you think it is based on what you see on television and the the smile. It's a lot to it. There's a lot more behind the scenes that you would have and, you know, a lot I think of, he's a little. Hey, I think he's a know. little plastic. I think he's a little. I think he's a little passive aggressive. The way he, like Diva, like uh, Bond said, Michael. I think he's a little like the way he handled the outgoing offense coordinator was it Schottenheimer. I think he wanted him yeah. out, and then he goes to social and says, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're leaving." I think he's a little plastic. I think so too, and I and I think the players see through it too. Right? I the, I don't think he was ever he's ever been that guy that you know that has been able to gravitate and create this huge support thing support from internally now they're all going to say the thing they won but i i I, it'd be interesting to see i mean richard sherman's been one of these guys that have been on hasn't held back i'd be interested to see what his thoughts were 
Good point. Because he, he's willing to say something, you know, and I and I think to me a lot of this is just it's what the it, again it's the David Ogilvy. Here's what I want to present to you, but but that's not really who I am. Russell Wilson, great player. We're not taking that away from him. Okay. By the way, is there value? Uh, that term is overused in sports betting in the space. But how about this? Primetime Dogs. Good job by Josh in the Daily Newsletter today. Primetime Dogs the last two seasons, 60 and 44 ATS, hitting a little over 58%. Seattle is a dog tonight. Pete Carroll is a home dog with the Seahawks. He's 16 and 7 ATS. That's almost 70% ATS-wise. And he's 12 and 11 straight up as a home dog. And the first thing that came to my mind as a home dog, remember back in the day, Drew Brees in New Orleans, they go to Seattle, and I think they were catching like a couple touchdowns, and Seattle won outright. Uh, remember with the seismic shift as far as the earth moving under them? It was uh, Pete Carroll's in a good spot here, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but the problem is all those numbers. I think Pete Carroll's teams were a lot better than this team, you know? Fair. And all yeah. those, you know, and, and so that's what you have to – I mean, those numbers are great to throw out there, and they give you some real comfort when you want to make that pick, but – Go back and look at those teams. You know, um, was Russell Wilson on those teams that add in the numbers? Because if it is, then, you know, then that's why you like it. You know, I don't like it with Geno Smith. I mean, for me, this is a no play. I don't really want it. Like on my board, I have it as a 6.75 game, you know, and now the line's up to seven. There's really just not a lot of wiggle in this for me that I would feel really comfortable sitting back and saying, okay, I'm good. Whereas like last night, there was a 4.87 wiggle in that game. I'm good with taking Tampa. You know, I'm good with saying Tampa. And that's why I took it in Russo's in, in our Christopher Russo contest. So to me, I think that's, that's, that's you know, I don't feel good about it. I, I have no doubt that, that, that if people take Seattle, you've got good reasons. I just, I have, tr- I have a hard time trusting the unknown of Seattle and trusting the unknown of Denver. They're two unknowns you're dealing with. Yep, 100%. Okay, let's transition. I do have, um, Steven's got some Sirianni sound talking about Jalen Hurts, who was 18 of 32, 243, no touchdowns, no picks. He did run for 90 yards. Uh, Detroit scores 14 in the fourth to keep it close here. Philly closed six. They don't close the number. 38-35 winner for Philly in Detroit. We told you it was going to be high scoring. Close 48 and a half. Soars over that total. What'd you take away from the Eagles' performance here? I mean, look, I, I don't, I can't wait to. I didn't read any of the morning papers here in Philadelphia, but uh, you know, uh, I mean, I thought Jalen Hurts was exactly who we think he is. He's a quarterback who, when he can run around and make plays, and you know, he can utilize the. The, the schoolyard play, it's good, but he's not accurate when it's a passing game. He doesn't really make a lot of great throws. He made a deep throw to A.J. Brown, which was great. But to me, he's a, they're a hard team to play in the regular season. That game didn't prove to me that they can throw the football effectively. They won how they won last year. Running the football. They ran the football for what they get on the ground? Over 200, I know that. They were on the ground Oh, yeah, they were just, around, two, they were just at 200. They had... Th- they had 39 carries, you know, and they had 39 carries in the game. I mean, that, that's what they went to, you know, and, and they were able to create a turnover with their defense. Now, their defense, you know, I know Jonathan got a, another David Ogilvy. He may be the assistant coach on the David Ogilvy team. You know, he got all these interviews after offseason. I mean, Detroit moved the ball on them. Detroit was marvelous in the red zone. They Every time they got down there, four for four, they scored. That's why, that's why if you had an eagle ticket, you didn't cover because they played horrible red zone defense. And, you know, and the, and, and, and the game was a lot close. The game shouldn't have been as close as it was when you break it down and look at it. And, look, the, he didn't turn the ball over. He got the ball down the field to Brown. Brown went 13 targets for 10 catches. He was able to make some play. Devontae Smith had four targets. He didn't, he, didn't get a, he didn't get a catch in the game. Think about that. The Lions' defense is bad. Uh, they gave up 455 total yards. It's going to be bad all year. Uh that's not something that's just going to be fixed overnight. Okay, so Nick Sirianni, he's been talking about his quarterback during the offseason. Literally after every practice, he was like, that's the greatest practice I've ever seen from Jalen Hurts. Here's Sirianni talking about Hurts after the game. Um, I thought he was in complete control of checking the plays, getting to different things, uh, noticing, noting, knowing what the defense was doing. Did it work every time we, we checked to a play? No, but that's on us as coaches. Like we, We're telling them to get to something versus a certain look, and, and if it doesn't work. But he had complete control of what was going on out there today. He saw the field perfectly. Um, he really did. And I, I'm really talking more about you're doing this, we'll do that. You know what I mean? And, I, and I, he's going to have plays that he wants back, and we're going to have calls that we want back. But I thought he played a really outstanding game. 
I, I, I couldn't argue with him playing an outstanding game. That's not the question. Can he throw the ball from the pocket? That's the question. I, I don't think there's any doubt about he played an outstanding. I think he's a hard player to play. I think he's got all the things that Josh Allen can do, except he doesn't throw the ball from a dropback pass game. And he's not accurate with the football. You know, when that game was going back and forth, there were, you know, that you watched the tape of the game. It wasn't like he was pristine. He only had 18 completions in the game. And, and a lot of them weren't hard throws. Elsewhere, Michael Lombardi, as we continue to take away takeaways week one, Baltimore, I thought Lamar looked really good throwing the football. Uh, he had a great dime in the end zone. I think it was to Duvernay. This number closed mm-hmm. six and a half. They do cover 24-9 over that vaunted Jets team. Yeah, I mean, look, I, they started slow, too. Uh, the Jets offensive line, they started the right to the rookie at right tackle. That Mitchell, that was a hard thing to do. Fant went over to left. The left guard gave up a lot of pressure. Flacco had guys in his face. He turned the ball over. His receiver slipped on an in cut. You know, the Jets never had a chance in this game. Even though they would make a play here, make a play there, they just never could get control of it. I didn't love Baltimore's offense, Patrick. Too much shotgun for me. Way too much shotgun. They rolled him a little bit more. He threw that over route coming back. That's the throw he makes. That's the throw I've talked about all summer that Petrino used to run with him at Louisville, which is more of a post where he can put the ball on the receiver. You know, he threw a great pass in the red zone. He didn't really look to run as much as I thought he was going to run, nor did they run him. I mean, they just played the game perfectly. They didn't They didn't make a mistake. They knew they didn't have to do much to beat him, and they didn't. I mean, you know, they go into halftime up 10-3, and they just they put the game away in the fourth quarter, and Salai's talking about how his team is, oh, my gosh, you know, it was a great effort by my team, and yada, 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 all this stuff. Hey, come on. You, you go into a game, and you let Joe Flacco throw the ball 60 times, 59 times, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, really, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to lose 24-9? to yeah, you're going to lose. I mean, you know, you're going to lose. And and they were horrible. You know, I mean, they, they were horrible at, at stopping the big play. I mean, for all you talk about, I mean, Baltimore only had the ball. for Baltimore didn't do what Baltimore typically does, which is dominate the time of possession. Baltimore didn't do that. You know, they only had the ball 27 minutes, but, you know, they made big plays. You know, and that's one of the reasons you're playing Salai's defense is to not give up big plays, but naturally they did. You know, and, and so – uh, look, th- this Jet team to me is, you know, I still think with the number, if Zach Wilson would have played, it would have been worse. But you know, Flacco's, he's getting hit too much. It's going to be hard. If I told you two of the most exciting games yesterday would be New Orleans and Atlanta and Jacksonville and Washington, you would have said that I'm drinking tequila. However, that was the case. Also, Cleveland at Carolina in the Baker Bowl and Dayball goes for two. We're not done. We keep it rolling here on the Lombardi I liked it. (laughs) The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters— I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. 
I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, become a VEASAN pro right now, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're going to take a deep dive with uh, Mike Pritchard coming up in a second. That's part of the package. When you become a pro, you get pro tools, pro tips, pro picks, and everything for 175 bucks. Save 50% right now, VEASAN.com slash subscription. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Pardon me. Become a VEASAN pro. Like I said, I heard from uh, some happy pros over the weekend that made some money after becoming a pro. So we got you back here, Lombardi Line. Michael, you were going nuts during the break. What were you talking about there, my man? Well, your man Berman comes over here. He's very upset at you and I because we're attacking his fantasy quarterback, Russell Wilson. Like, he's sending him game checks every week, and, like, I'm, we're attacking him. Like, I, I can't handle this fantasy. Like, I, I watch a game with him, and, you know, if somebody doesn't score, even if it's a good result, we're upset. Like, I, I, it's too emotional for me. I can't get into this. I got too many other things I'm dealing with. It's too hard. This fantasy football, these people are crazy. Like yeah, all, I, I, all I we don't. were trying to all we were trying to do was alert people that you know Russell didn't play well last year. He run rushed for 183 yards. Not attacking. I'm not. I'm not attacking. Love Russell Wilson. Wonderful person. Love him. Okay. I'm sure he's wonderful in the community. There's things that I've heard that haven't been wonderful, but that's beside the point. Okay. But to me, if he's going to be the Russell that cooks at the French Laundry like he was years ago. He needs to run around. If he's going to be Russell that cooks at the Hackensack Diner like he was last year, he's he can't he won't run around. That's the that's all I've said. You know, oftentimes I'll be out and I'll meet a stranger and two minutes into the conversation, they'll show me pictures of their children. And I just don't care about them because I don't know them and I don't know their kids. But I care even less about people's fantasy teams than those strangers kids. You understand what I'm saying to you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, fantasy, I, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, dude, yeah. People get way too into fantasy. So you just drop the fantasy and start betting like an adult. Not you, Berman. Yeah, I hope I hope uh, Russell Wilson kills it tonight for you. Okay, I teased it, so let's get to it. Uh, you can start wherever you want here. We've got Pritch coming up in a bit, but New Orleans, Atlanta, Cleveland, Carolina. Ooh. But on the way out, you mentioned the Giants at Tennessee, a winner, 21-20, and the winner was off of Dayball going for two with about a minute, a minute to go. Okay, so Dayball's sitting here in the situation. It's 20 to 19. If he kicks the extra point, there's a minute and 10 left to go in the game, I believe. And Tennessee has two timeouts. So what are your chances of winning that game? Okay, Carolina was faced with the same exact situation. Two, two games that mirror one another. Carolina gets the ball back. They've got a chance that, that they start driving. They're only down by, I think, two points at that time. And they come down the field. They have first and 10 at their 20 after the two-minute warning. And they got to get a first down. But they also have to use up the Cleveland's all their, all their uh, timeouts. Because they know that if even the field goal, they, they're going to have to get a stop defensively or do something. Like, same thing with the Giants. Dayball decided that, look, I, I'm not going to let my defense let me down. I'm going to either try to win the game right now and do an onside kick or, you know, I'm not going to play this out and, and lose by three and over t and, uh, on the last play of the game. Now, he almost lost by two on the last play of the game if Bullock would have made the kick. So I think it was the right move. 
for Matt Rule, I think it was the right move for him too because he got a horrible personal foul call on the kick. I don't know if you saw that, uh, but yes. but Burns brought the left tackle back and did nothing to the quarterback other than what the left tackle did, and he got called for a penalty. And that 15 yards stopped the clock. It also allowed more range, and then they didn't call the intentional grounding on the quarterback when he fake pumped it and moved and then hit it again. So you liked it. We've got Brian Dayball talking about when he knew he was going to go for two. Let's go ahead and roll it. When we got the ball. Why? Go for the win. We're going to be aggressive. That's our. That's what we want to do. Um, that's the mindset I want the players to have. Uh, and if it didn't work, uh, I could live with it. You know, I thought that was the right decision. You know, you're an inch away or whatever it was. I trust Saquon. I... I grabbed a couple of the defensive players that have busted their uh, tails out there, uh, along with some of the offensive guys that weren't out there. And I said, hey, we got the ball wherever it was. They said, we score. I'm going for two. You guys good with that? And they said, you know, F yeah. <laughs> I like him. You know him well. You guys text often. Uh-huh. Uh, his personality, did you think, oh, yeah, this makes sense for Dayball going for two? You know him well. What's your thoughts? I mean, I think it was more – like, I was more analytical in the approach. I think he was more emotional. Let's be aggressive and let's win. But I, I think the argument would be if he kicks the extra point, he's he's only tied 20 to 20. He can't onside kick at that point. He's going to have to hope his defense can hold him. And if he's watching the same game I was watching – his defense wasn't playing to the level that you think, you know, they were giving up plays and Tennessee had a chance. I mean, Tennessee missed two field goals in the game when you boil it down. So, you know, I, I think he was trying to, to to be aggressive. I liked it. I did. I liked it at the time. You know, I mean, Bullock was wide left on that one kick. He made two field goals in the game. So I, I thought he had to do it. And Barkley, to me, that, I think that's the bigger story than being aggressive. Barkley was back to being Barkley. Average, oh yeah, he had a what, great what game. Nine yards, a, nine yards a carry. I think he went over one fifty uh, or close to it. I'll get you the exact. I mean, numbers, he was back. But, I mean, yeah, he looked very good. He looked explosive. Something we haven't seen the past couple of years. Sixty-eight yard or long one. I mean, if you're Tennessee, right? You played that game exactly how you wanted to play it. You didn't turn the ball over. You 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 got you know. You, I told you Martindale's defense would stop Derrick Henry. He had eighty-two yards on twenty-one carries, long of eighteen. So you knew that. You know, Tannehill had to throw the ball 33 times, but did he make an explosive play? He had one play for 31 yards, the touchdown pass to Hilliard, and then they give up that cheap they give up that cheap 21-yarder at, at overtime to Phillips, not the overtime, at the end of the game. I thought where Tennessee made a horrible mistake was once they got the ball there in, in, in the fourth quarter, right? They, they get the ball, and they blow a timeout because they can't get lined up right. Right after the big play, he went out of bounds, right? The clock stopped. The clock stopped with, let me get it here, pass incomplete, right? He uh, With 110 to go, shotgun, pass deep left. He runs out of bounds, but Tennessee has to call a timeout there, right? They called a timeout. That was their third timeout they called. So that really hurt them at that point. That really hurt them. I mean, because now all of a sudden they, they, they can't really do much. And so they got the ball at the Giant 27, and then Tannehill takes a sack and loses two more yards. So now he's kicking the field goal with 29-yard line. It becomes a 47-yarder. Would he have made it? I don't know. But I thought that that sequence wasn't very good for Tennessee. Barkley, 18, 164-9-1 average. He had the 68 long. The one touchdown looked like he did his rookie season. Had that kind of burst back. Yeah. Okay. Let's transition. It did. And, and, and I think go, the other thing, and I'm going to write this tomorrow for the day. I'm going to write this tomorrow for, for Vison. It, it's, you know, the scoreboard doesn't give you the eye uh, of really who play. Like Justin Fields, they won. He didn't play well. Daniel Jones' stat sheet looks like he played well. He didn't. If you watch the game, you you know, I mean, I thought Dayball was going to bench him. Didn't you when he went over there after he threw the interception in the end yeah, zone? Yeah, he was freaking out. Yeah, totally. 100%. I mean, the guy um, had – I know he only had four incomplete passes in the game. I get that. But horrible interception, fumbled the snap. I mean, he fumbles again, right? Cleveland, Carolina they blew was a, a coverage. I don't sorry, know what happened on that one play, but I got to watch the cut. But they blew Stanley uh, Sterling Shepard's 65-yarder. I mean, that, that was a blown coverage. I mean, the guy's wide open down the field. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Patrick. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I didn't think uh, he was very good either. The uh, I want to get this in quickly. We got Pritch coming up. Cleveland, Carolina. Remember, it was a pick'em. Carolina closed a point and a half favorite here. So 26-24 winner for Cleveland. What were your takeaways here, Michael Lombardi? 
Well, I mean, look, Cleve, uh, Carolina played horrible in the first half, and, and Carolina did something you can't do. If you're going to beat Cleveland right now, you've got to make Jacoby Brissett play quarterback. And, and even though he threw for 149 yards, it, he didn't turn the ball over. Well, they, didn't, they couldn't stop Chubb. Chubb, every time Chubb ran the ball, he, was over, he would look like they were going to stop him for no gain, and he got five yards. He got six yards. Big run. I mean, what killed them was they didn't, they didn't stop the one thing you had to stop, Carolina. And Mayfield played horrible in the first half. So did the entire offense. They weren't very good, but, you know, they didn't have the ball a lot. They couldn't get going. Once they finally got into a little bit of a rhythm at the end of the game, they started to look good, but they dug a hole, which you can't do. When you're playing a team that can really only run the ball and you dug and you dig the hole where you have to play from behind and they don't, that means their quarterback doesn't have to play in the game. And this is why I think Carolina, even though with all that being said, Carolina's got a chance to win it, they could never put any pressure on Brissett. The Cleveland offensive line did a great job of blocking that front for all those guys they have up front. Carolina's front didn't measure any pressure at all. What was your takeaway from Baker? I thought he was really bad in the first half. I thought, you know, to me, one of my concerns about Baker, and I say this all the time, too many passes batted down the line of scrimmage. I don't think he worked the pocket well enough. I thought he got better once the game. Once they opened up a little bit, they got a little bit of confidence, but you could see they were really struggling. So for VEASAN pros, I think there was a pro tip in there, Michael Lombardi, about what you saw from Daniel Jones, what you saw from some of these players that the box doesn't indicate the reality, right? There's a pro tip yeah, in there somewhere. Don't, don't, let the, don't let the scoreboard affect you next week. Don't think Daniel Jones against Carolina is going to have four incompletions. He might, but don't think that. Don't think he played well. Don't think just because we're talking about how bad Justin Trey Lance was that Justin Fields played well. That just masked it. In spite of what Matt Eberflus said, Justin Fields did not play well. Now, he might play better next week, but he didn't play good that way. Stephen Bond, the box score can be a disguise at times. That's Michael Lombardi on the pro tip as we, we're going to bring in Pritch. Mike Pritchard's going to join us, and there he is. Look at him. Oh, he didn't miss a gym day. Save some, save some for the rest of us, bro. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, horse racing fans, that's you, Chris Felica. First Bet wants you to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes to win a trip to Santa Anita Park on October 6th through the 9th. The grand prize package includes airfare, hotel, tickets to the races, plus $1,000 in betting vouchers from First Bet. Head over to vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash horses to register. That's a great deal. As we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line, I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. Got done with the gridiron. Uh, excuse me. I was going to say gridiron genius. Got done with the Monday podcast a little bit earlier. Check it out. Of course, GM Shuffle, vcin.com slash podcast. The other busiest man here at vcin as we take a deep dive with one of our experts. That is Mike Pritchard, of course, former first round draft pick. Nobody better at this network or any talking about the NFL and we welcome in Pritch and say hi. Hi Mike, how are you? I'm great, fellas. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. Doing Mike. football's right. back. Doing how great. can't right. we be doing good, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. Waited for this all year like we do each and every year, but uh always surprised and, and thrilled when it's here though. So we you and I were joking before the show, you were doing a hit with a local Detroit, excuse me, Denver station, right. obviously talking about the game coming up tonight. This is the Pritch Bowl, played for uh, the Broncos, played for the Seahawks. It does feel like this number is getting a, a little squirrely at seven with Denver, a lot of unprovens there. What was the take from Denver during your conversation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think people are excited and people are certainly optimistic about the Broncos, and rightly so because they thought for a lot of years that they've had the roster to compete Pete and reach the playoffs, but they were missing the quarterback. And now they feel like they have the quarterback, Russell Wilson. You know, the history of the Broncos uh, presents that opportunity too. Like if you think about Elway, that great trade that they had that paid off in dividends. Okay. Peyton Manning was released uh, out there from Indy. They acquire him. That pays off too in Super Bowls. And so they think it's going to happen again with Russell. Uh, I don't know though. I mean, you had continuity. You had Dan Reeves in place as a head coach with John Elway way back when, and he certainly had Coach Fox as a head coach already in place, too, before Peyton Manning got there. So you had structure, uh, and you had some continuity. Now you have a new head coach and a new front office, uh, as well as a new quarterback. So I, I don't know if, if everybody should be that high on the Broncos right now. So I think they might be a little bit overrated. Uh, a lot of emotion is going to be uh, taking place tonight uh, as well in that game up there in Seattle. 
You know, you know, Mike. Uh, this was the last year we know Russell was injured, and he didn't he didn't run. I mean, right. he only rushed for 183 yards. He didn't move like the Russell that we know. And but don't you feel being an ex player that when you get back, when your back's to the wall and everybody's doubting you, you know that all of a sudden you have that resurgence. And I think that's the one thing if you want to go with Russell, the resurgence is going to be there. He's going to be more in tune. Plus, Nathaniel Hackett's going to run the traditional West Coast offense, which I think was when Russell was at his best. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that, Michael. I think uh, from Russell and what I've heard, you know, he's really gathered the troops all summer long. I mean, they worked out at his house out in California, the entire offense, not just a few positional players, the entire offense. Uh, And certainly that continues. Uh, He's the first one in the building. The receivers are the first ones in the building as well. Uh, so he's got everybody on the right page, and that's that's a trademark of Russell Wilson. He did that up in Seattle. Uh, his work ethic is uh, off the charts. It really is. Now, can that produce more wins, though? I mean, the offensive line, I think the right side has issues. You know, Billy Turner coming back to the Broncos from Green Bay. Uh, we'll see if he can hold up right there. But I know there's some question marks uh, with the offensive line and, and a toughness uh, aspect, too, Michael. I mean, Coach Hackett brought over the mentality up there in Green Bay, uh, and training camp wasn't very physical, you know. And the last time I checked, iron sharpens iron, not tissue sharpening tissue, all right? <laughs> yeah. And so I wonder from a physical standpoint, because you know Pete Carroll's going to have those guys physical uh, up there. Uh, Tariq Woolen, too, I think that guy at 6'4", and the, the speed that he has, that could be a matchup problem for, like, a Cortland Sutton on the outside, too. So... Uh, I think Carroll might have some tricks up his sleeves, but, you know, it is Russell Wilson and certainly gives the Broncos a chance uh, uh, in this big game up there in Seattle. Okay, if you want yeah, to bet you know, the Patrick, seven. Before you jump in. Yeah, go ahead, please. Uh, Patrick, I-, I wanted to make a point here. I think Mike brought up a great, great point. You know, so studying the coach here. So Nathaniel was with LaFleur the last two years, but he was a long, long time with Doug Marone. You know, and so what was his mentality in camp? And what it seems to me like, he took the Matt LaFleur program. We call it the Sean McVay, but it is the, you know, and we know this, as great as Aaron Rodgers is, the last two opening days with Matt LaFleur in his direction, if I read you some of Big Daddy's texts, you wouldn't really like them. You know, Uh I couldn't read them on the air, but they haven't been very good. They haven't been very good. So that's got me a little worried, too. For good reason. By the way, I just quickly wanted to let you know, if you're trying to bet that seven, and this is the importance of multiple outs, Michael Lombardi and Mike Pritchard, uh, everybody's juiced on like circus seven, but they're headed to six and a half. And I'm starting to see more six and a halfs pop up in the market here. So Denver, you can still find a seven out there, uh, but you could also find, um, excuse me, to Seattle. If you want to bet Seattle, you can still find a seven. If you want to bet Denver, you can find a six and a half. So that's Nathaniel Hackett. Now let's go to Seattle your expectations for the Seahawk team, Pritch? I don't have any. <laughs> I'm a wait-and-see approach, <laughs> to be honest with you guys. I mean, when you lose a legendary quarterback, uh, it's just different. Uh, I, I've been a part of programs, and, and certainly uh, when you think about some of the situations in the National Football League I've seen or played against or competed against, when you lose that legendary player, if you don't have a replacement, look at Denver. It takes years to find that replacement. Uh, so they're going through it up there in Seattle from a quarterbacking standpoint, Geno, now, Geno could look better than he did in the preseason because he didn't play with DK and he didn't play uh, with Lockett. But those guys are going to be on the field. They might make things easier for Geno out there, some easier throws because of separation, depending on the matchups, of course. Uh, but I think Seattle's got to run the football like Pete Carroll wants to do and play sound defense, you know. And, uh, I, you know, from a trenches standpoint, maybe Seattle is still developing that situation. They're just not there yet. So I, I don't have high expectations on the Seahawks uh, coming into the year this year. Yeah, it's hard to, right, Mike? Yeah. I mean, don't you think it's hard, Jer- uh, Patrick? I mean, there's they've given us no evidence that they're better in the preseason or anywhere. And, you know, they wanted this Drew, Drew Locke to have the job, but Drew Locke hasn't been able to get it, you know? And and Gino, to me, Gino's got to be able to uh, – he's got to be able to protect the football. I mean, this is one of those where if you're Pete Carroll, you're watching the games on Sunday afternoon as you're getting ready for your Monday night opener, you're saying, look – Let's just not lose the game. Yeah, you know, punt's a good play. If we can play good defense and punt it like Chicago did, you know, we got a chance that they'll they'll shoot themselves in the foot and make mistakes. We're taking a deep dive with Mike Pritchard here on the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. Hope you enjoyed your first proper Sunday of NFL football as we close out week one tonight with Denver Lane, six and a half, seven. 
up in Seattle. Let's, of course, Pritch not only here at VSIN, but he works for the Raiders Network as well. Let's talk about the Raiders uh, yesterday in the late window at the Chargers. A 24-19 win for the Chargers. They closed three and a half. Pritch, what was your takeaway from the Raiders' perspective? Derek Carr needs to be better. I mean, my goodness, it's year nine, guys, and uh, we're still talking about the same thing with Derek Carr. And, you know, when you when you break down a game like I do and you study the tape and, and certainly, I mean, you get so many opportunities. I mean, you can count them on your hand, really, uh, to make plays or to make difference-making plays. Uh, there was two chances for the Raiders to, to make those plays or complete those plays. One to Darren Waller in the red zone. That should have been a touchdown if it was a properly thrown pass. Uh, and then a deep ball to Devontae Adams uh, that Derek, I felt like, uh, tried, tried to guide that ball. I, I think in year nine, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to miss those plays. Few, few opportunities on the road, too, in the division. Uh, so if the Raiders complete and, and make those opportunities, capitalize on those opportunities, I think they win the game. I think defensively they held Justin Herbert and, and the Chargers what they needed to do. Uh, situational football, too, right before halftime. Derek Hart throws an interception after the defense does a job uh, and gets off the field. So they got to clean that up. If they do, I think the Raiders would be okay. Uh, give credit to the Chargers uh, making enough plays to get the victory, though. Yeah, I, I thought the, the the interception at the end of the half, giving up the three, the cheap three points there, mm-hmm. you know, and then the the, t- the bad throw in the end. He just didn't play well. I mean, Carr admitted it after right. the game. He didn't play well. And a little bit, you know, th- Herbert was sensational, but when you hold Herbert to 24 points, right, you're gonna, you should win that game. And, and for all the bad the Raiders did, Patrick, I thought there they are with 330, right. to go in the game. They got a chance to win the damn game. They're going to go win the I game. Know. I thought they were going to be able to run the clock down and go win the game and score a touchdown. And, you know, he just didn't make – he and, 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 you know, for all the conversation, well, you know, Khalil Mack's great and all that, he had time to throw the ball. A lot of Khalil yeah. Mack's were just either sack or he held on to the football, you know. And, it, you know, the Raiders got to get better. They obviously have to improve. But what they did in that game is what they wanted to do defensively. They didn't do it offensively. They didn't control the pace of the game. And Josh Jacobs is going to have to carry the ball more than 10 times for them to win. It's a four-point loss. Picks all over the place from Carr didn't play well. I think you actually walk away from this as a Raiders fan thinking, okay, that's okay. That's it, it, We were dogs in that game anyway, but to play so poorly yep. and be in the mix, I think mm-hmm. that's pretty pretty damn good. Hey, Pritch, 30 seconds. You're a Cowboys player. Oh, man. You just you, Your season's done. What, what are your thoughts? I have questions for Michael Lombardi. If I'm a player on that team, to be honest with you, I'm like, why didn't we fix this in, in the offseason training camp in terms of adding more weapons around Dak? I mean, the offensive line, things happen that way. But that was the best offense in a year last year. They couldn't even sniff the red zone uh, last night. It's incredible to me. Okay, we'll continue with that conversation. Plus, R-E-L-A-X. That's what Aaron Rodgers says to do. Well, they got an ass whooping in Minnesota. We'll come back and discuss that one here on the Lombardi Line. Mike Pritchard joining us. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay. The best part about betting at BetMGM is of course the rewards program, betting's premier loyalty program. Every time you place a bet, you get points like your credit card. So you can use those points for free bets. If you're planning to trip to Vegas, you can use those points for dining shows, hotel rooms. It's awesome. Make sure you check it out. BetMGM.com for the rewards program, the loyalty program, got to be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, we continue to take a deep dive here on the Lombardi Line. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher with Mike Pritchard. Always thrilled to have Pritch, and thank you for coming into studio. So I'm going to let you pick it up and ask your question. By the way, a book just, I don't know if they're joking. I'm sure it's in jest, but they said they're cashing out all the under Cowboy futures they have. I'm sure it's jest, but of course, <laughs> uh, Dak Prescott out for six to eight weeks. So uh, Mike, this is interesting. Front office with Lombardi and then the player perspective with you. Why don't you go ahead and ask uh, Mr. Lombardi your question about the backup quarterback there? I know this is a treat for me because as a player, I wouldn't dare ask my GM this question, right? <laughs> Be, uh, but right now we can. And so I'm going to take advantage of that. So, Michael, I mean, it's like I saw Washington go down in training camp. I know we traded Amari yeah. Cooper and uh, I'm thinking, OK, we were the number one scoring offense in the league last year. But yet there was no sense of urgency to kind of help that situation out. Uh, I know McCarthy, everybody talked about wanting to run the ball more, but there's a huge difference about what you want to do and what you can do. And so when somebody stops you from running the football, you got to throw it. And I just don't think Dallas and now with the injury with Dak uh, is in position uh, to be the competitive team that they want to be this year. You know, I think it's a twofold answer for me. You know, I, I wasn't in love with Amari Cooper. Yesterday I had three catches for 19 yards. $20 million is a lot to spend for him. But I get your point. To me, where I would be marching down the hall would be into Kellen Moore's office. Like, look, mm. we got Tony Pollard, who's a unique player, can catch the ball, is dynamic with it in the open field. How do we get Tony Pollard and Zeke on the field at the same time and don't substitute? Interchange them, move them around, do all that. And then, you know, we're going to get Gallup back. So what do we do in the short term? Like, what is there? Is there a receiver out there that we can get like Tampa has been able to do, whether it's Perryman, whether it's Julio Jones or whatever? Like, we got to manage this a little bit better. But I think the real issue about Dallas is twofold. It's their offensive line. We said this summer, Tyron Smith and Dak were the two most important positions on the team. They drafted Tyler Smith to be the left tackle. They did nothing to save the quarter. I mean, they're going to go with Cooper Rush. And that's why the books are joking that they're going to cash that under. So for me, I was if I were the GM, I couldn't walk out to practice and watch Cooper Rush every day and think, something happens to Dak, we're in trouble. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Yeah, I guess it's yeah, interesting too, I mean, right? Because It's over. Yeah, I mean, it's over. <laughs> who's the backup to Cooper Rush now? Because <laughs> there's nobody prepared in that. Well, I think they're going to bring Don Finucci back. I think okay. Don Finucci has got to come back, right? <laughs> what was his name? You've said it so many different ways. I, I Danucci, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danucci. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Danucci. Hey, let's let's transition. 
Pritch is a former wide receiver, obviously. I, I'm curious what you think about what's happening in Green Bay. Michael Lombardi laid it with Minnesota Vikings because he said he thinks it's going to take a little time for Green Bay to gel here, and that was very much the case. Cousins was on early, a 23-7. They cover the two. But why don't you take us kind of inside that quarterback-wide receiver relationship and starting to gel here with the with the Packers? Yeah, you know, who's the uh, leader uh, in the wide receiver room? And, and I wonder how that's going to emerge. I mean, you got Watson, who's supposed to be a, a guy that the Packers want to lean on. And, and, and so I, you look around that wide receiver room and there's no veteran presence that I think guys can lean on or, or look up to or, or find mentorship with. Uh, and, and that's the problem, I, I believe. They needed somebody uh, uh, from that standpoint. I mean, Cobb, but he's hopped around a little bit, right? And Lazard, not, not really that type of player that way. So for the younger receivers, you're going to look up to Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know if the receivers are scared of Aaron yet. Or, or are they getting on board with the sense of urgency that Aaron is trying to create right there? I mean, when a quarterback calls you out the way that Aaron Rodgers did, uh, you're supposed to catch up to that as a young player. But uh, Watson, obviously, with the drop touchdown uh, right there, the inability to get open, you can see the frustration on Rodgers' uh, face as well. There, plenty of time to clean it up and fix it and coach it up, uh, but not a great start there in Green Bay, though. I mean, I, I would love to see some leadership emerge in that wide receiver room if they can find it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge, you know. And so, uh, I mean, I keep asking this question all the time, uh, Mike, is like you you and I wish we were as fortunate as Sammy Watkins because everybody right. keeps mistaking him for a number one receiver. <laughs> they would answer to you, we signed Sammy Watkins to be that guy. Look, here's the reality. Don't get down on Watson. Don't get down on Dobbs. Jerry Rice dropped nine balls as a, as a rookie. J- Jamar Chase was dropping balls like crazy this in preseason a year ago. Like, it takes a little bit of time, as you know, Mike. Right. but. To me, I just think the tackles being out hurt them. Not having Jenkins, not having Beckenhari, that hurt a lot, right? And then, you know, their their offense wasn't in rhythm because, as we know, LaFleur doesn't do anything to, in the summer to get him in rhythm. It's all touch football. <laughs> and I think it's Minnesota was ready to play, and that's why the line shifted from Minnesota's a dog to Minnesota's a favorite. Yeah, I mean, well, I, yeah. Sorry about that, Petra. I, I just no, thought please. it was important. Like, I mean, you know, Dwight Clark to Jerry Rice. You know, you, you've got some leadership, right? I mean, you you got um, uh, Chris Carter and Randy Moss. I mean, you you have this mentorship in place, and, and that was so valuable to me because I'm in the wide receiver room with Andre Risen, and, and certainly you look up to Drew Hill, right? And so you kind of learn and understand the game a little bit better as a young player, and. Uh, and get on the same page as the expectations that currently are there up there in Green Bay. Yeah, that's a great point. Lex, the tutelage. Lombardi, uh, of course, and Mike Pritchard. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Aaron Rodgers after the game. We've got to have patience with those guys. They're young. You know, they haven't been in the, in the fire. Um, now that patience will be thinner as the season goes on, but uh, the expectation will be high. So we'll keep them accountable, but... It's going to happen. It's going to be drops. Hate to see it on the first play, but there's, it's a part of it. It's going to be drops throughout the season. C-Dub catches that one, 75-yard touchdown. If I pull the one on the goal line, I walk in for a touchdown. There's 14 points. Let's see, 23-7. Yeah, so we would have been right in it. So basically, Michael Lombardi, Aaron Rodgers just said, it's cool now, but eventually I'm going to send you to your, send you to your bedrooms. You're going to be grounded if you don't get better. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're going to have to get better, and 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 look, it, it's true. But they haven't played good opening day, and he got the crap beat out of them. I thought he took some hellacious hits in that game. Really, I thought he took way too many hits in the game for as good of a player as he is. So, you know, they got to get better in all phases, and they've got to be able to, you know, utilize some balance within their offense too. So, you know, Aaron Jones and and AJ Dillon can't be. The leading receivers, they need to be the leading rushers. And and I think he's got to get Lassard back, at least give him somebody that he feels like he can throw the ball to with a sense of comfort. Okay, VEASAN pros get 20 pro tips a day. I want to do an unconventional one with Mike Pritchard here since we have a special opportunity. The Seahawks are catching seven at home tonight. Will Pete Carroll use that as motivation? Will players in the locker room, do you understand the point spread in the locker room? I know you do. You work with us here on VEASAN. But you understand what I'm saying. Right. Can can betters take something from this motivation being used and being disrespected catching seven at home here? You know, Patrick, I, I think the more I think about it uh, now being on this side of things, uh, yeah, before the game, 
Absolutely. The buildup and the hype during the week, um, you know, you got coaches uh, nudging you and poking you and uh, trying to bring it out in you uh, in terms of the great performance that they want to see on Monday night. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can use the point spread or you can use the fact that, okay, Russell's over there now. There's everything and everything I, I you can think of you're going to use that way. But once the ball is kicked off, uh, as a player, you're not certainly not thinking about that, right? I mean, uh, you want to be motivated during the week of practice, during preparation, so you get things right. So now on game day, uh, I'm so confident that I'm not worried about making mistakes out there. And uh, so from a motivational standpoint, as a better, uh, hopefully I can find some information that way during the week. If not, then uh, I have to uh, assume that that took place, right? If you want to buy into that. But, you know, on game day, you completely throw that out the window and you're trying to focus uh, on the Denver Broncos if you're Seattle. Michael, you said a lay. This is a game that you'd lay off. Uh, six and a half, yeah. seven. So Denver laying six and a half. If you want Seattle, you can catch the seven. Just a minute and a half here. Would you still lay off this one? Got a total of 43 and a half. I would be more inclined to be in game betting on this one. Uh, because I think when you deal with two unknowns like that, like Denver's offense and Russell, what's that going to look like? And are their execution going to be good? And Seattle, the unknown there. I think you could have. T you, I think you could have easily seen in the Chicago San Francisco game or the Giant uh, Tennessee game that they were going to be somewhat close game. I think you're better off in game betting this than you are laying the points because you're dealing with too many unknowns. And one thing about pro betting, when you have so many unknowns, you got to be careful. Pritch, how about you? Uh, we got six and a half or seven. We got mm -hmm. a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with Michael Lombardi. I mean, last night, prime example too, Dallas didn't have a game plan, uh, certainly. Couldn't even get to the red zone. From an in-game perspective, you could uh, take advantage of that. We talked about that during the game and pro football blitz. Uh, but yeah, I, I would look and attack this game from an in-game perspective for sure. Every Monday with Mike Pritchard to finish out the show. Thank you, Thank Michael. Thank you very much. Thank Pritch. you, we Michael. Appreciate Thank you. you, Patrick. Absolutely. Thank you, Patrick. Well, thank you. Thank you, Michael. Enjoy it. Enjoy a day. Only one day off. But remember, GM Shuffle, that's going to be out today, the Monday edition. Thank you to everybody back in the control room. Dave Ross and Amal Shah are coming up next here on VSIN, uh -oh. the Sports Betting duck, Network. Patrick. Careful, careful. Yeah. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.